Koppel, host of the Time for Coffee podcast, where you get firsthand career advice into the jobs and industries that interest you the most. And before we start today's show, I have a quick favor to ask you. If you haven't already, I'd be incredibly grateful if you give us a rating and a review on iTunes. And if you're like me, you need to do it now because you'll forget later and because it's the best way to help others who may be in search of career advice to find this free resource. So press pause if you haven't done it and do it right now. I'll wait. Thanks so much and enjoy today's show. Hey there, Java Junkies. Welcome to another K-Cup mini episode of Time for Coffee. By the way, K-Cups come in three sizes, single, double, and triple shots, or roughly one minute, five minutes, or ten minutes in length. So if you don't have time to throw back an entire caffeinated career conversation, these K-Cup mini-episodes of T4C can give you a quick caffeinated fix, whether you're on the go or you only have a few minutes to binge. So grab your mug and take a chug, because it's time for a caffeinated career triple shot K-Cup with my guest, Joel Foreman. Well, I want you to know, I have been so excited about having the opportunity to interview you, Joel, because this is a huge blind spot for most of us. And and I mean, most of us, but also for college students and for young professionals, how to manage their money, how to develop financial literacy and what that looks like. And before we dig into that, I thought maybe you could share your backstory behind the why, why you created Foreman's Financial Facts, a blueprint for the eight key points to becoming successful in handling your own finances. Why did you do this? Well, for years and years and years, I've been helping family members, friends, our kids, their friends, just, you know, managing their money, giving them up pointers, teaching basic financial tips. Well, consulting is one of those things that when the economy is good and business is booming, you're very, very busy. So I've been busy for a long time. I've had a few ups and downs with the financial meltdown, 2008, 2009. Well, last year, as we all know, the pandemic, which was unprecedented, I had all these things lined up early in the year to do all of last year. And all of a sudden, they just all went away. Corporations just kind of shut down. So I did some things here and there. I did some one-off things, but I didn't have the usual 40, 50-hour commitment to my clients every day, every week, every month. So I had a little more time on my hands. So my youngest son, who coincidentally, the last few years, I've been slowly giving him pieces of what's ultimately in Foreman's Financial Facts to help him. He was 19, he's 21 now. So I taught him about budgeting. I taught him about how to save money, pay himself first, taught him about investments. He has his own E-Trade account and, you know, knock on wood, we did real well with that in the last year, year plus. So he's very excited. Talked about retirement, talked about the importance of his credit score and have helped him build that since then. Talked about life insurance and about the future. So he said to me, he said, Dad, we would be screwed without you. My sister, my brothers, my friends, a lot of our family members, no one teaches us about financial topics. No one teaches this in school. And you have to do something about this, Dad. He said, you know it, you're passionate about it, you're helping everyone for free anyway. He said, this is something that you can do and you can possibly 
teach in high schools or colleges and you know it, you're passionate about it, you make it easy. You make it easy for everyone to understand. His now ex-girlfriend came to me, she had student loans last year, three different loans, three different interest rates, three different payments, all different times from the same bank. She was freaked out and her dad was unable to help her because he just not good in finance. He's good at what he does and that's fine. So she says, can you help me? She came over. She was like shaking. She was scared. Within 10 minutes, I looked at everything she had and I said, listen, I said, this is what you're going to do. I said, first of all, calm down. This is not that big a deal. The interest rates are way down. So the first thing you're going to do is you're going to call this bank. You're going to say, hey, I want one payment. I want the interest rates cut at least in half. And if you don't do that, my boyfriend's dad is going to help me go to another bank and I'm taking my loans elsewhere. So she immediately calmed down. She was very relaxed, more like she normally is, bubbly, happy, whatever. The next day, she made the call and one loan, half the interest, and the bank didn't want to lose her business. And they've been really good to her ever since. So what I started to do is like, okay, let me research this a little bit. I have a feeling that this is a problem based on everyone that I know and all the people that I'm helping and I'm hearing the buzz for this. So I started to look into it. There's all kinds of financial literacy things out there. So I said, you know what? I can create something myself from scratch, just out of my head, but I want to make it easy to follow, easy to digest, and then easy to implement the habits and the things I'm telling you to do. I have the time, I have the capacity. I wrote this and then I got it trademarked and copyrighted. And then I launched it at the end of December. And I was super, super excited about it. And I picked eight topics that I really feel like if you understand these and you go through my program, you are going to come out and you're going to say, holy cow, I always thought managing my money was so hard, so sophisticated, so complicated. And this is really very simple. Love it. And as you said, no one teaches us how to manage our finances in school. We don't learn the ABCs of financial literacy. So before we get into those eight steps, what are the biggest mistakes, Joel, that college students make with respect to their finances? Well, one of the biggest things that I hear and see is that if you ask them how much money they have or how much money they spend in a given month, they won't be able to tell you. They may have an idea, okay, I spend about this much. And then the next question I would ask, well, how much do you make versus how much you spend? Do you have a positive cash flow? Do you have a negative cash flow? And most of the time, they don't know. And that's okay because nobody taught them. But it is a problem if you're standing on your own two feet. If you're still living at home and mom and dad are nice enough to still be paying a lot of the bills, you can get away with that. But as soon as you go to step out on your own and you have to pay your own rent, your own cell phone bill, your own car insurance, your own car payment, your own groceries, utilities, et cetera, you're going to really need to know how much money you have coming in versus how much money you have going out. And the only real way to do that is to track it somehow. And my suggestion, is the personal budget because then you will know item by item how much is coming in versus how much is going out. And then if you know that and you have a positive cash flow, then you can implement some of the things I'm talking about. You can invest, you can save, you can do things for your future. But you have to start by knowing where you stand. So how do you build a personal budget? It's really quite simple. And I actually, the first section in my blueprint is personal budget. And I actually walk you through step-by-step step how to build a budget with some normal categories, what your fixed expenses would be like if you have rent, if you have a car payment, you have a college loan, and then your variable expenses like groceries and entertainment. So 
you build all those things. And what I also suggest, which I don't put in there, but I've been talking about this since then and everybody likes it. Let's say you have 20 bills that you have to pay every month. Okay. You start with number three and go to three to 22. What are the first two ones? You want to pay yourself first. You want to have a savings bucket and you want to have an investment bucket. Everybody hates to pay bills, myself included. It's not any fun. But how I make it more fun for me and better for everyone else is if you're working really hard for your money and you feel like all your money is going to everyone else, that just stinks for everyone. But if the first two bills, you're paying you, you're funding your savings buckets that you want to fund and you're putting money in investments for the future, that feels a heck of a lot better, especially if you use the 24% of your net pay that I suggest to put in those buckets. So all you have to do, you, you don't need anything sophisticated. I teach it in Excel. There's a lot of apps you can use. And the reason I suggest at the beginning, don't use an app. Because if you write it in Excel or even on a piece of paper, then you really understand all the components. It reinforces it. And you can do the calculations in Excel. It'll do them for you. Just sum up the numbers. So all you have to do is just sit down and think about, okay, this is how much I make. These are all the expenses that come out. What's left? What you do is that next month, you start off paying yourself savings and budget. And then we can talk about if you want some of the savings buckets that I suggest, and then some of the investment things that I suggest. But you have to think about this now, because it takes a long time to build financial wealth and financial strength. And that's not even talking about retirement, because that's another piece of it. So that's what I would suggest personal budget. And it's not that hard. (laughs) There's so much in what you just said that, oh my gosh, if I'd only had that information when I was starting my career because, and I see it and I've seen it among the young people that I've worked with over the years, they're not thinking 401k because they're thinking, gosh, I'm only earning a very limited amount of money. I've got bills to pay. I've got my college loans to pay. I want to have a little fun money. And they don't think about planning for the future. How can you help someone who, let's say, is earning $40,000 right out of college, they've got loans to pay, they've got all the fixed expenses that you just listed out there. How can they still find money to put into a 401k? And maybe we should even explain what a 401k is, and especially to find out if there's that employer match. A lot of times kids at this age or young adults don't even know where to start. So when you're talking, you talked about a couple of different things. So first of all, you want to try to live within your means. So in order to know if you're living within your means, you have to make sure that you have a way of tracking. You can look at your bank balance and see it go up and down. But what you really need to do is you need to look at what your net income coming in, whatever your paycheck is or whatever income you have, put that on the top line. They list all your other expenses below it. And I suggest you do this in like an Excel spreadsheet because it'll sum up all the numbers and see what the net is. What you can do is your fixed expenses, there's not really too much that you can do there unless you renegotiate like a loan, like a student loan or something and push it out further, which you can do. And that might make sense if you can't manage your money and meet all your expenses and pay yourself first with savings and investments and doing the 401k with what you're currently making, you might have to do that. But my suggestion is before you do that, look at all those variable expenses. And I'll give you three numbers, okay? 55% should go towards all your bills. 21% of your net income should go for things that you want to do, like entertainment, and then 24% for savings. Now, the two most important numbers there are the 24% saving and investment piece and the 55%. The 21, that's your fudge factor, is what I'd like to call it. Because if you need 
to draw money, okay, you never want to take it away from yourself if you can absolutely help it. So you would take it from the once and put that if the 55% doesn't cover your fixed expenses, what you need to live, take it from there. Don't take it from the 24%. Because the time value of money and time just in general when it comes to building wealth is absolutely on your side. And as far as the 401k, so let's get into that for a second. A lot of employers offer a 401k. And basically what will happen with that is that's that's tax deferred money. It, it comes, it's off the top. So it's from your gross pay, they will match a certain percent. So let's just say it's 3% that they're matching. You want to put in at least 3%. So then you're actually getting six. This is free money that they're giving you. And this money will continue to invest, continue to hopefully grow over time. And you absolutely have to be doing that. That's another way of paying yourself first. And I would suggest that you put in as much as you can afford. But the only way you'll know how much you can afford is if you have a budget or something to compare it to. So if you can do 8% or 10% as soon as possible, that's where your money will really, really grow over time. And if you can do it now while you're early in life where you're not making that much money, it only gets easier as you make more. And you can always increase or decrease that percentage. Just don't ever go below what the free match is. Thanks for tuning in to this K-Cup mini episode of Time for Coffee. If you want to listen to our entire caffeinated career conversation, please check out the show notes for this episode. Thanks so much for listening to this latest episode of T4C. And if you're interested in learning more about my coaching services for confused college students and recent grads, feel free to check out the Time for Coffee website under the coaching tab at time, the number four, coffee.org or text me at 202-236-5712. That's 202-236-5712. Thank you.